Hello, 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 and welcome to another episode of the Blue Oval Podcast. I am Ben Weissel, and joining me, as always, Garrett Zatlin. How's it going, man? Ben, are you, like, sick of seeing me yet? Like, I'm sure no. you got to be sick of me. Not at all. This this was the second time we had ever seen each other in person. Is that is that yeah. correct? Yeah, so for those who don't know, I went to a wedding in Chicago this past weekend um, and was able to hang out, not with, uh, just with Ben, but also uh, his wife and his baby, and it was phenomenal. Um if you think you've ever had the cutest baby, you're probably wrong. Ben probably does. Um, it was me pretty much half of the conversation talking to Ben and Joan, and then the other half of the conversation just babbling to his small five-month-old child. Uh, it was the cutest baby I've ever seen. And the pizza was great too. So it was a win-win-win all, uh, all around. It, it was a it was a great night. We, t- we took a chance on a recommendation of a pizza place that we had never been, which I feel like is always dicey. And I think it paid off well. So, um, and yeah, it was great. Great seeing you. Great for you to meet uh, Augie. And uh, it, it's always nice for me to hear from another person that he, he's the cutest kid in the world because I already think that. Yeah, you're biased, but guess what? I, I'm i also biased because I know you, but I, I feel like I have a pretty good three, de- uh, three degrees of separation there. So uh, we made it work. But Ben, what I'm not thankful for what I wasn't happy to see was the lack of ratings and reviews. Just tough. I even did a solo podcast for all of our favorite podcast listeners, and we still didn't. I don't think we got anything on Spotify, right? We got zip, not a nothing. Just crushing, devastating stuff. Go leave a rating and review. Listen, I, we're making progress, but it's slow. Um, so come on, do us a favor. Mom, I know you're listening. You can do it. Um, but yeah, that would be great if you could leave us a rating and review. Go check that out. And go check out BioSteel. Use code TSR30. Get 30% off all BioSteel products. We have that listed on our link tree. It's on our site as well. Go check that out. You get really good product for a really good discount. You get to support us, support Streamline, support uh, BioSteel as well. So we would really appreciate that. But Ben, sorry, go ahead. No, I, I was going to say, I just got a nice little gift bag of BioSteel stuff. I am super excited to try all that. Um, and, and I've already tried some of the hydration mix, which is great. Um, and, and looking forward to trying the rest of the stuff. But like Garrett said, we, we the season has ramped up on the cross-country side. We, we could use those ratings to ramp up alongside of that. But moving on from that, we need to talk about Probably the biggest race of the year so far. Probably maybe the biggest regular season race possibly of the year um, at the Cowboy Jamboree. Where you already did a solo podcast, as you mentioned, on some of the other uh, meets throughout the weekend. But we are dedicating this podcast to looking at the winners of this Cowboy Jamboree meet and some of the teams that that we have a little bit of a cause for concern. It's we're not ringing the alarm bell yet. But we're we're reaching for it for maybe some of these teams. Is is that fair to say? I think that's very fair. Remember, we're in September, um, so it's tough to not overreact to these. But at the same time, the Cowboy Jamboree, in my opinion, this was probably the most competitive September time meet I can ever remember. I, I'm sure it's I probably agree. the most competitive September time meet ever. Yes. I can't imagine a meet that would be uh, better. Yeah, I, I agree. Everybody, there was so many good teams and so many of them ran nearly full lineups. Of course, you had a few teams that were had one or two uh, key members out, but for the most part, every team 
ran a very strong uh, lineup, and, and that was reflected in the scores. And before we get going, I felt like I was validated. We were validated by a lot of these results. My mm-hmm. my two bold maybe overreactions from last week were Syracuse is a top twenty five team, and Princeton is going to be better than Harvard. And and after this week, I I, I felt pretty good. Yeah, there there were some results where I was like, we called that, we called that, we called that. And thank goodness the Cowboy Jamboree just as a whole went, again, generally speaking, it was far from perfect, but generally speaking, it went pretty well for us. Um, just in terms of like the general structure and right. tiers of like where you saw certain teams. Um, no, again, there are some teams that just blew everyone out of the water. And that's good because um, I'll just say I butchered the Beantown predictions badly uh it was not good um and then griak a little more predictable and then uh dellinger was you know there, there wasn't a whole lot of dellinger so cowboy jamboree was excellent what do you want to start with you want to start with women's races men's races men's or uh, winners cause for concern what do you want to do there Let, let's start let's go with winners and maybe give me on the women's side your biggest winner from the cowboy jamboree well, I think this one's a very obvious one, very clear pick. It's Northern Arizona women without question. Um, we liked this team, um, but admittedly, I even remember coming back being like, I think we overranked them at 16. Not sure how I liked them. Um, I liked uh, Taryn O'Neill, but I just didn't really like know if this supporting group was going to be that great. They struggled last year. And then... I had to throw out everything I completely knew about this team after this meet. I mean, they were incredible. The women who I did not at all expect to step up were the ones there. Uh, The ones who I thought would be a little bit higher fell back a bit, but still did well. There was depth. There was firepower. I mean, just to to review real quick, you had Elise Stearns in fifth place and Nika Reese, or Rice, excuse me, in sixth place, however you say that. Uh, And then you go a little bit further down and it's Taryn O'Neill. In 22nd place, Bryn Morley, 27th, uh, Jessalyn Brees in 28th, and then a sixth runner, Megan Van Pelt in 29th. That is phenomenal work. And if O'Neill is a top five finisher, Northern Arizona either A, wins or they tie Oklahoma State. It's incredible stuff. Yeah, I, I think the best part about NAU's result, besides the the low, the two low sticks they had, besides the like, including the six women deep lineup was the fact that O'Neill could be their third runner. And that still meant they ran exceptionally well. Like if she has a day where she's running to her full potential, like you said, they probably win this race over Oklahoma state. And that is just shows you how far up NAU are from where we expected them to be coming into this year that they could have an a little bit of an off day, not a bad day, just a little bit of an off day from their, un, I think it was undisputed low stick coming into this season. Mm-hmm. And yep. they could they could still finish second. And you can dream about the possibilities now of them being on the podium. And, and it's not very unrealistic all of a sudden. Yeah, I think the podium is going to be a little crowded. Um, oh, yeah. I think it's NC State, New Mexico, Oklahoma State. And I think that kind of solidified this today, especially because Molly Borg, or today, Saturday, I should say, this yeah. is what we're recording on the 26th of Monday. But I, I think those three teams are pretty solidly in the in the podium mix. Um, it, although I will say after today, it's like, yeah, I, I don't really have a choice but to suggest that NAU 
could be on the podium. My only thing that I'm cautious about is just this is the first time we've seen a lot of these women race at this level. Yeah. I just want to see, hey, can you just show me another instance where you do that again? I'm sure they will. And honestly, it doesn't even have to be to this extent. It just has to even maybe be like 90% of this, right? So if they do that, great. But overall, fantastic work by Northern Arizona. They they were incredible. Also, the fact that they had six women in this range, I, I think gives you a little bit more confidence going forward where they're not like a, a Tulsa of years past where you're so heavily reliant on five guys just having their best days uh, at NCAAs. NAU has at least six women that you can feel good about. If one of them slips a little bit, someone can fill in their spot, which I think is just a great sign for them moving forward. Um, but in terms of biggest winner on the women's side, we, we, we didn't really talk about whether or not we should do individuals. But Natalie Cook, I mean, mm-hmm. first real NCAA race, takes home the win on her home course, beating Taylor Rowe, beating a, a loaded field. I mean, this was such a statement performance. And I know, like you kind of mentioned before, that Cook could one day be better than Tui. And this is the type of performance that like validates that in a big way. I, I was blown away. I don't keep up with high school scene very much. I know she had come in with, what, a 1525 uh, 5K PR. So obviously I knew she was legit. But I, I was questioning how she would stack up in this field. And she just blew me away by this result. She was flat out incredible. Um, I, there was a moment where I saw her cross the line and I'm like, I look really good. I look really good. <laughs> I, just, I was like, yes. At the same time, it's September. Yeah. She, she, it's her home course. Her biggest competitor was her teammate. You know, I, I'm, I'm forcing myself to be like, all right, bring it back, bring it back. But this is like what I'm talking about. I also read an article recently. I, I want to say maybe it was on Let's Run, where apparently she was running like what, ten miles in high school? Barely anything. And like even Coach Smith didn't believe it until she got until she got there, and he it was like, "Oh crap! Wait, no, she actually doesn't run hardly at all." That's insane. That's insane. <laughs> That's it's like ludicrous. that's like me walking into a basketball court and I dunk on Joel Embiid. Like it's that that's just impossible. It never happens. Um, yeah, Cook was so so good. And the craziest thing is that like, am I crazy to think that she could challenge Tui and Chalangot? No, not like I I think Roe can challenge them. So I I like I think Cook obviously can. And you're you're saying that sure we got to take this result with a little bit of a grain of salt is her home course her teammate was her biggest competition but you fast forward to ncaa's she's going to be running on her home course roe is going to be one of her biggest competitors besides Chalane got and tui like it's it's going to be different at ncaa's but i i don't know how much different it's really going to be for her at ncaa's and it was run at 6k this this weekend as well that is a very very good point i didn't really consider that aspect um We'll see. I mean, I still think Tui Chalang got deserve every right to be oh, the title absolutely. favorites, and they and they should be. But you know, it's this youth based upside that I keep talking about that I'd be really scared if I was pretty much any other team. It's just so potent, and man, Cook is so good. <laughs> She's so good. It's so impressive. So I'm so eager to see how how she races and how much better she gets. Because if you're running ten miles a week in high school. 
and you ran 1525. I mean, this girl's going to break a world record. Like I, that's, that's insane. Yeah. I, I, as long as she stays healthy, she's, she's going to be one of the biggest stars, I think in our sport um, elsewhere with, with Oklahoma state real quick. So Hentman was third on the team. Um, Jeff Kurui was fourth. They also had, I, I think someone running unattached who, who finished 35th. Uh, Taylor Summers didn't have her best day. Molly Bourne didn't run. There's just so many women who can score for this team. You'd love to see Summers or Bourne kind of hit that peak level again because the way they're set up right now, they just need one more person to step up and and you feel really good about them competing with the NC States and New Mexico's of the world. Well, I I think Bourne is going to be that person when she returns, assuming she returns. Um, so we'll we'll see what happens there. But I think they're set through five. What this race told me was, are you set through five? I think Bourne has done enough to prove that she's a top five runner. I think we suspected that Hetman would be at this level. Yeah. But what I think we weren't sure of was who's that fifth. We're pretty confident they were going to find a fifth, but who was that fifth? And for Jeb Curie to be that girl who I think we knew she could be. I mean, that's huge. There are questions after five, though. There is no margin for error. They can contend for the national title, but everyone has to be on fire, hitting perfectly. Um, but I do think that this race was a very nice preparation for the national meet. All right, let's jump over to the men's race. Biggest winner for the men at Cowboy Jamboree. Oh, boy. Um, the biggest winner. I... I I'm going in a few ways. I think it has to be BYU, I guess. I mean, it seems like a little bit of a robbery. I think people are going to be saying like, oh, Stanford didn't run Kai Robinson and Northern Arizona didn't run a few guys. Um, Oklahoma State was missing two of their top guys. Like surely, you know, they'll be closer. But people forget Brandon Garnica did not run, or at least not that I can see in the results. And they still won by 26 points over Stanford, who, by the way, Stanford ran very well through four runners and they didn't have Kai Robinson. So that's huge, huge stuff. Like Klinger and what was it? Allen were great as we expected, but Joey Noakes placing 10th. I mean, I think we knew he'd be good. I don't think we knew he'd be that good. I don't think we expected the Thompson brothers to be in the top 30 like they were. Just such impressive stuff there from BYU. Things now get interesting. And I, I just question what's BYU's potential here? Yeah, I, I think Noakes might be the story of, of the, the weekend on, on the men's side. For for him, I mean, obviously he had a good track season, 28-37 in the 10K, 13-53 in the 5K, but he was 49th at regionals last year. Like, this is a guy who has obviously made huge steps forward over the last few seasons, and for him to translate that track success as well as he did this weekend is huge for BYU because that's another guy, like you said, you add Garnica in there. That's a four-headed monster that you could conceivably see all of them in that top 40 at, at NCAAs now. I, I don't think that's unreasonable to say. It'll be interesting to see if Noakes can be consistent and make it to NCAAs in this form, but all of a sudden BYU looks like a could absolutely be a contender. But you, you honestly look at, I think, the top four teams – and it's hard to say that Stanford and Oklahoma State weren't big winners this weekend as well. Like I, with the guys that they had sat out, they saw some other people step up in big ways. For Stanford, Boyden and Dita Nato both ran really well. For Oklahoma State, Rory Leonard 
stepped up, had a big day. I I I think we're gonna see a real like maybe one of the closest team title races this year that we've seen in a while and, and it not just be a two-man race I, I think we could see three maybe four teams be competitive in this range so who's your cause for concern and then i have a follow-up question after that you see on the men's side there there isn't a whole lot i mean i think nau will probably get the headlines in terms of maybe being concerned i'm not i'm not there yet i think washington and ole miss are are the teams uh, for concern mm-hmm. for me i I, I, we had a lot of question marks about Ole Miss coming into this season. I think Cole Bullock just didn't have his best day. I think he can be a legit low stick when he's on. But even after that, they just don't have the depth. And, and Washington, just even with without Brian Faye, you put him in, they, they're better, but they still probably aren't beating Harvard. Like it, it's It's hard to see where this team goes the way they're running right now. Washington, Washington was just, let's just put it, they were bad. Yes. They were bad. And I'm almost kind of happy that was the case, not because I have anything against Washington, but because I want them to be better. And because I think this is such a very clear and obvious trend from what we're expecting, I think it's extremely clear that they can be better and they will be significantly better. I'm not willing to overreact to the first big time result. Remember, a lot of these guys had track seasons that went really, really late. Mm -hmm. Um, So I'm... I'm I'm willing to be cautious and step back and just say, hey, let's give them some time. So I'm almost happy that they kind of fell back because I think if they were like ninth, tenth, eleventh, maybe, we'd be like, well, no, like yeah, you know, and I think they would be penalized a little bit more than if they had, you know, not finished where they didn't. So I I would agree from that point. NAU, um, here's the thing. I I'm I agree. I don't think we're not hitting the panic button yet with NAU. I think that would be an overreaction. Um, but I do think my hand is hovering a little bit above the panic button, if that makes any sense. Um, George Kusha, the consistency for as talented as he is, the consistency continues to give me a lot of concern. We know Theo Quacks is probably going to be a varsity guy. We don't really know where, though, in that varsity mix he's going to be. I, I, th- I think he was probably at twenty around 25th in this race, would have been my guess. 25th okay. 30th. Okay, and you know what? And maybe he is, right? But I don't know if that really changes a whole lot. Not not really. I mean, you'd have to throw Brody Hasty in around that range too to really make a, a big difference in what their team score ended up being. And 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 again, that's I don't think you catch BYU even in that scenario. No, it's it's like I, I think that ends up being thirty points probably that they gain. So they're like right there. But it's so close. listen, if if Quack steps in and Hasty steps into their projected spots and Kusha actually, you know, delivers and all of a sudden we're beginning to materialize something and maybe Salmon's red shirt is lifted. Right. But you now begin if you're for, if you're northern Arizona, we're at least us on the other end of this mic here. You begin having like, OK, well, if this happens and this happens and this happens. And when you start telling yourself, well, if five different clarifiers happen, then yeah, sure, they can get there. That's why I'm a little concerned because there's still a lot of questions and uncertainty I have with the team. I think they also have that uncertainty. And that's why let's maybe just monitor NAU for the moment. So I feel like I can play both sides of this really well. So I'll, I'll kind of, I'll, I'll give a, a clip notes of, of why you should be hitting the panic button, why you should not be with NAU. The reason you should be is like you said, we came into this season thinking of there's going to have to be a lot of ifs that happen 
for this team to lose. You're going to need if this person doesn't run well. If this person doesn't run well, then someone else can catch them. All of a sudden, we're talking about if they don't improve here and if this guy doesn't run really well, they're not going to win. So we, we flipped that on the head at, in their first major race, which I, I think is extremely significant. Like you said, Kusha hasn't been the most consistent guy. Quax hasn't put it together at NCAA me, even though he ran really well to start the season. You, you don't, you, you can't guarantee that's where he's going to be. And Salman, if he doesn't run, like if he's redshirted, that takes away a huge weapon and so, and a big reason why we felt so confident in the team. But then on, yeah, the, go ahead. Uh, on no, the go other, ahead. on the other side, why you shouldn't panic. I think you should look, we should look pretty closely at this Nico young fifth place finish. And, and I think the reason why him finishing fifth is actually a good sign for this team. If Nico Young is finishing fifth in this field, where he's probably he can probably beat a lot of these guys. I, I mean, on on the if they're if those other guys are running well, they can beat him. But I think him finishing fifth and a little bit further back than we expected shows that NAU's probably in a good training block right now, and that they're really pushing the training. And if that is the case then everybody's sliding a little bit back. I, I'm not that worried about it. Like it, you, you can see maybe the plan for the end of the season and where that's going. Like you said, it is September and no one's training to be at their best now. And that, that probably goes for the, the rest of these teams. But NAU has proven the ability to put it together when it matters the most in November every single year. And so I trust Mike Smith and what he's doing now. And, and maybe there's some, there's some bad side effects right now, but I trust them so much at the end of the season that that training is going to be perfect. And, and so that that's the only other thing that I think you can really feel confident in and why you should absolutely not hit the panic button. Yeah, I, um, I disagree. Um, well, let me, let me, I'm, I'm not hitting the panic button. Um, the, the, the thing I have is like, I, I I don't ever. There's two things I don't ever want to hear about in cross country for analysis. <laughs> I don't want to hear about times. Yes. All right. And I don't want to hear about training. All right. It's like the it's the whole football preseason practice argument. I don't care. Every team is training really hard at this point in the season, right? Like you know, it, I I we I tell you, we get so many emails and DMs like every single season, being like. We ran on this course. I'm like, I don't care about the times. They don't. Who, no. who did you beat? Who did you beat? So, the times, you know, that's a separate subject. But I think everyone, like, I think Stanford and I think Oklahoma State are well aware that they can, and BYU now are all aware that they can put themselves in the title hunt. And I think they're all training hard. So I just don't know if I factor that in as well. I will agree though that I think Northern Arizona's history of success gives them the benefit of the doubt. And I'm still not willing to doubt or, or bet against them. Yeah, and I own I, I agree with you. I'm that way about ninety-nine percent of the teams, but I think NAU is probably the one exception for me where like I will maybe use the I, I feel okay using the tra training argument. Okay. All right. All right. Anyways. <laughs> so why don't we move on and talk about maybe the teams or are that we have a little bit of a cause for concern on the women's side. We didn't really hit that very much. Who do you have at the top of your list there? Uh, on the women's side, let me bring this back. I have to go like up and down a million and a half results there. 
Um, I, I, I guess Michigan. I think I think Michigan. I, I, we've and this was kind of like what we said in the preseason. A lot needs to go right uh, for them to have success. And there's a lot of ways that things can go downwards, but they have so much talent. They brought in Danielle Page. There's a history of success there, but Vanderlyn continues to show inconsistency. Um, Hart didn't have the best day ever, and there's still gaps, you know, within that back end. So um, and here's the thing: a tenth place finish in this field is not bad. Like I'm going through all of these names, and now it's out of Syracuse and Utah Valley, and okay, and Washington. Yeah, so like there's a there's a group there, obviously, that was right behind them. So I'm not saying that there needs to be panic for Michigan, but I just I really kind of thought Michigan women had a chance to kind of be like, we've addressed all these back end scoring issues. Here's here's you know how we're performing. Um, I just didn't see it. So yeah, I really wasn't that concerned with the Michigan result. Um, if Vanderlyn, I obviously it's a little concerning to see her all the way back there in 97th. But if she finishes somewhere between Windermuller and Tran then all of a sudden this is a team that finishes around sixth place at this, at this meet. And, and that's a solid result. Obviously that that's an if, but we've seen Vanderland run well enough that we, we believe that she can be up there. The inconsistency not is not ideal, but at the end of the day, I liked what we saw out of Tran. I thought science was okay. I, I think that can be a solid fifth score for you. And, and I think Hart obviously can be a lot better. So at, at the end of the day, it wasn't a good race for Michigan, but I, you could see the signs of a solid team starting to form. Ben, that was a really good argument. That was a really good argument. I didn't even like, in fact, I was like, well, what if she does run well? Um, and that's and it's more likely to happen than not, despite her inconsistency. So yeah, that's actually a, a great point. Uh, Michigan can be better. Um, I think they will be better. Um, okay, yeah, you've, you've convinced me. Yeah, because if Vanderlyn just, if, she, if she's just, between what Wendy Miller and, and Tran, yeah. I mean, so much better. Yeah, absolutely. And they're, they're right there with Syracuse right behind Stanford. I, I, I think you feel good about that. Honestly, on the women's side, there really wasn't a whole lot of teams where I felt like, man, this was a bad result. I, I don't think Ole Miss had a great day, but I, I mean, you look down the field, I think Kentucky had a, had a decent run. Um, I, I think Arkansas was okay. Uh, Washington without some of their top runners, including Haley Herberg, I think were solid. And Utah Valley, I think, was really impressive as well to finish seventh. Like, I don't think there's a whole lot of teams that left this meet on the women's side feeling that bad about themselves. I'll actually say this. I think Colorado maybe is a little like, because mm. here's, here's the thing. Hannah Miniuti was a DNF. Brutal. Brutal, brutal, brutal DNF, right? That that certainly is not going to help. but. Hernstein and Cover were not top ten. Baron was solid in what I think seventeenth place. Um, yeah, but you know if you, if you throw in Minuti there, like it's still a really solid top four. But there's a drop off to five, and I don't know who they're going to replace. Like I don't know who steps in. Yeah, you would have liked Ori to be a little bit higher up, but I I was really impressed with Baron. I I thought yeah. that was this was a huge meet for her um at the first time at this level to to really show that she can be a legit top three runner for Colorado I think is huge would you have liked to see Hertenstein and Covert inside the top 10 absolutely and I I think on the on another day they absolutely could be but the story is more of that four five 
six spot. They just they need someone to step up and close that gap because right now it, it is just too big for them to be really competitive where where we think they can be. All right, so bigger winner. I'm completely going off of Colorado now. Bigger winner, Utah Valley or Syracuse? Ooh. Um, I'm going to go Utah Valley just because Syracuse mm-hmm. ha- looks pretty good uh, previously, and, and I, I think Utah Valley kind of came out of nowhere a little bit more. Utah Valley was great. We had plenty of people chirping at us, and maybe rightfully so. Even our own writers. <laughs> I had I had Chris being like, "Yeah, sure," and I was like, "Yeah." Um, and here's the thing, though, with Utah Valley, and I get it, right? They were phenomenal on the track. They had three women who were just outstanding: Evelyn Kemboy, Hannah Branch, and I want to say Oda Kirk. I could be wrong. Maybe it was Malani, Mazi Malani, um, one of those three of those four, right? And they were good, but like you look at cross country results. Last year, they were not great. They really underwhelmed in a lot of fields. Um, they just kind of weren't that exciting. And I'm just like, where is this team? Like, I'm, Listen, are they going to be better? Yes. But where is it that they all, all of a sudden become a top 25 team? And, and now I don't really know how you argue that because not only are they probably a top 25 team now, but they had one of their top scorers in Odakirk. She was a DNF. That's incredible. And I really like their their top five, even without Odekirk. Like the fact that they they had a nice spread from their third to fifth runner of twelve seconds. You throw Odekirk in there, you feel like pretty good about six women six women deep. Uh, I I think that this team, like you said, is a legit top twenty team at, at this point, and it's really hard to argue them falling outside of that at any point this season. Um, I want to talk about Syracuse. I think they do deserve some credit. Here's the thing, like they just lost so many women. They weren't like they were on and off last year, and they've been on and off historically. Postseason has not been amazing. Um, so like I'm I'm looking at these rosters, and I'm just like, who's really stepping up here? I like Savannah Rourke a lot. I thought she was phenomenal in high school, but I did not expect her to place ninth. I did not expect the, uh, the like the supporting scores to be there. I was really impressed and pleasantly surprised. I beg you Syracuse to just continue this throughout the season. That's all. And this goes for the men's side as well. Men's side was also massive winners. Phenomenal pack running on the men's side, by the way. Absolutely. Just keep it together for the entire season. Because what's going to happen is that we're going to get to Nutty Comb. Someone's going to crash and burn. They're then going to suddenly win the ACC title. And then I have no idea what happens at the national meet. It's You just have no idea with these teams. Yeah, I mean, they, they both put down some really good performances. Uh, before we put move on to the men, what were your thoughts on the Arkansas women? I don't know. I'm still trying to figure that out. I'm just like a shrug emoji, and I, I, I'm in the same boat. I, I, I would have thought Taylor Ewart would be higher up. I, I was hoping that she could be in their top three. But at the end of the day, it's it's hard to say that they had a, a real bad result. Van Camp was a good low stick. I, I think Hyde, you would hope, would be further up there too. But for what they had coming back, I, I don't think this is that far off from what we expected. I mean, Mia Cochran, 24th place, is really solid and encouraging. You can't yeah. like dislike that. I think Thor Valson, who was in 44th place, I thought she could have been better. 
But these are the concerns we had, right? It's like, yeah, you guys lost all these women and we think you have these pieces, but like there's, there was no guarantee that these pieces were going to work out. A lot of it was uh, heavy speculation on what they could do. And I think this is kind of us being like, all right, like, yeah, like none of these women really ran to the full potential, but you also look at these results and you're like, I don't know who they really should have been beating to begin with. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I think them finishing behind Utah Valley would probably be the only surprise. Like I, but like we just said, I think they're just a better team than we expected and their track results have translated. So I, it's not surprising. That's surprising to see them finish behind the Utah Valley. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Um, let, let's also come, we'll come back to the women for one last final roundup before we, we touch on and clarify those things. Let's go to the men. Um, who are the concerns on your end? So, or unless you want to talk about some more winners, we can do that. No, too. no, let's go to concerns. Let's let me pull up my list here. Um, actually, I think we we hit everybody. I one more Harvard men mm-hmm. for me. Yeah, and this it, it's hard to say that it, they're a team that's a cause for concern because the way this race played out was fairly predictable, and you kind of touched on that in your article where look they 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 had a dynamic top, top duo of Iverson and Blanks finishing 6th and 13th exactly what you would expect from those guys Melville was 63rd but then they had nobody else within the top 100 and that is just makes it extraordinarily difficult for you to be very competitive in national national level fields and I am I am a little worried about them. I, I feel good about Princeton being able to beat them at Ivy League still. And I think they're going to finish higher than them at NCAAs if they both make it just because of their depth is so much better than Harvard, even though Harvard clearly has the top two guys out of those two teams. Um, I think Melville was 64th. But yes, ultimately, I agree with everything that you're saying. Um you know, you just, I remember looking through like rankings on another sites, the coaches pull. And I just remember like seeing them like everyone's so high on Harvard. And I'm just like, listen, so we had them at 17th. And I actually think that that ranking still holds solid for the most part. You know, right now, maybe not perfectly, but it's about right. And I'm like, but where's the depth? Like what? In what scenario are they making up all of these points to get into tenth, like to top ten range? And I, I just don't know where we possibly ever saw that. So, um, listen, Harvard is the great thing about Harvard is that as long as Iverson and Blanks like run well, they literally can't go past like what twenty third place yeah. or something like that. It, you know, rough, rough projection there. So, like, you know. It's not like Harvard's, let's be very clear. They're not a bad team by any means. I don't even think they have like their full lineup completely figured out yet. Like I think if you told me that they brought in, you know, like Shane Brosnan, he didn't run great at Beantown, but if you add him to this lineup, maybe he, maybe he finishes somewhere different. We'll see. Yeah, I just think this team has, the, the ceiling is very low. And like you said, the floor is is probably pretty high. They just, it doesn't seem like they, they have much explosiveness in either direction. Yeah, I, yeah, I just don't know how much more. It, it's all going to depend on the back end. It's yeah. very clearly going to depend on the back end. We knew that coming in there, and then, like I mentioned, it's just the most predictable team that you could think of. So, absolutely. All right. Did you have any other cause for concern teams or? Um, no, I'm not. No cause for concern teams. But can I highlight a a promising team? Yes, absolutely. 
Um, I think I deserve. Uh, I think I. I think Syracuse deserves an apology. Yes, I've doubted them, but you can understand why I've doubted them. Much like the women's team, they do this every year where they will be fantastic and then they will falter and then they'll win an ACC title and then they will falter at the national meet. I think they were second to last last year at the national meet. I have concerns. Um, I question who the low six are going to be on this team. I question if they can do the same pack running again. There's still a little bit of a gap on the fifth like person, uh, the fifth man lineup there. And yet, despite all of that, they were eighth. Mm-hmm. And they beat Air Force and Gonzaga and Princeton and Texas and Harvard and Washington and Ole Miss. It's a solid result. Like, I, their teams are kind of unexciting in terms of their lineup structure, but it gets the job done. They had like a six-second time spread through their first four runners, which is awesome. Yeah. So impressive stuff. Shout out to Syracuse. Please just keep doing it throughout the rest of the season. That's I agree. I, I agree. They they definitely have looked really good at the beginning of the season, and, and they showed that um, their their win against a smaller field was not a fluke at all. One other team that, that I thought was a big winner on the men's side, and that this might not be super apparent, right, just when you're looking at the results, but I thought Gonzaga had a really good day. Mm-hmm. No James Mara, who I think is probably a top 10 guy in this field, and they still finished 10th. I think you're seeing Grimali finishing 15th was probably one of the biggest results that any team had uh, on the individual side. He he was someone that I think I felt really good about coming into the season, that he would be that addition that would give them uh, another good low stick. And, and he has shown that that'll be the case. I think Will Smith didn't even have his best day. And yet Gonzaga was right there in the mix with a lot of solid teams. And you, I mean, you put Mara in there, they drop probably about 60 points and they're right there with Colorado and Wake Forest. And and I I think that's a testament of how good this Gonzaga team could be. So Gonzaga didn't even have Evan Bates either. 1345 for 5,000 meters. And they didn't have Michael Moriano. They're a superstar freshman and they didn't have, well, they had Will Smith running. He did not have his best race, no. in my opinion. There's a lot of upside. There's a lot of still great scoring that you can bring in there if you're Gonzaga. Also, if, if you're walking away from this meet, if you're Gonzaga, let's let's take a look real quick. You got a win over Princeton, Colos Point, Texas, Colos Point, Harvard, probably Colos Point, Washington. I'd be surprised if that's not called Colos Point, and Ole Miss. You could argue that's a Colos Point, maybe, maybe, right not. Yeah, 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 we'll see. Um, but four points in yeah. and, and, and one September meet is awesome. And I, I like, it's hard for me to see Gonzaga finishing, having a worse race than this, like the rest of the season. Yeah. Like, I, I think you could very realistically say that this is the absolute worst Gonzaga will be all year. And it's really solid. So relative to expectations, right? Because the expectations for these teams I'm about to say are, are obviously vastly different. Mm-hmm. but relative to expectations, which of these runners who did not run on Saturday are more important to their respective teams? Okay. Is it Austin Vansel who did not run for seventh place Colorado? Is it Nick Scheller who did not run for ninth place Air Force? Is it James Mora for 10th place Gonzaga? Or is it Cameron Fisher for 11th place Princeton? Ooh, this is a really good question. Um... So in terms of expectations, I think it's I think it might be Vansel with Colorado, and, right. and just because I Colorado, I mean, not a bad day at all, 
But in terms of what is expected of them, he's such a big part in that. And you could kind of see that where there was a uh, there's a little small gap between four and five. You throw him in there, and all of a sudden there there's someone that's probably between Kent and Sweeney. I, I think that Colorado probably really missed him a lot more than, than those other guys. Yeah, I agree. I think Vansel is legit. I think he's so good. Um, I'm just very high on him. Um, you know, in Colorado, beginning to find a, ni- a nice little depth there um, with James Overberg. Um, I thought he ran well. Yep. I, I also trust Colorado to peak in the postseason. Um, I just I do want to shout out Air Force. I think there's more room for them to improve. I think Gilman's going to be better in the future. Um, I think when you introduce Nick Scheller, you get a ton of point scoring just chopped off. And I, I think that benefits Air Force quite a bit. So, um, yeah, shout out to Air Force and shout out Princeton as well. Everyone kind of like, again, not a whole lot of cause for concern here uh, for some of these teams. I, I, Air Force just looks so deep this year. Mm-hmm. Like, one one through seven looked solid this meet. I, I mean, they had one of the better sevens of anybody within the top ten. Um, and, and you throw Scheller in there. I mean, the, the spread between their second – and fifth runner was three seconds. Like they, they packed up really well. And, and I thought Gilman had a, like for him, like a, a D plus race. Like I, I think he has capable of so much more and, and can be a, a much better low stake. So in a lot of ways, like air, like, like we were talking about Gonzaga, I think this might be a, one of air force's worst races. Like I, I think they have a lot of room to move. Yeah, I think this is more of like a C, C minus, but I'll, I'll go C. I'll give him. I'm I'm a, I'm a Gilman fan. I also think he's he was proved last year that he can peak in the postseason beautifully. Oh, yeah. So, um, and actually just peaked throughout all of last year, really. Um, so he, he's really good. I'm not really worried about this team or him. And you're right, that pack I gives them a really good floor. Like I don't see scenarios where they're crumbling in the scoring. I just don't. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Anything else on the men's side before we wrap up with the women? No, I'm taking a look here. I do want to shout out a few individuals, though. Sure. Um, Victor Shisama, third place, phenomenal performance. Huge. We didn't even have him inside our top 30. A phenomenal performance. He deserves every bit of credit. Not sure if I'd say he's a top 10 guy yet, but if he does something remotely like this again, he will be. Um, and I'm looking through these names here, Andrew Kent, eighth place, huge result, great on the track, but he just took down some dudes. I mean, some dudes. So I love that for Andrew Kent. Um, and then Cormac Dalton, Aaron Lazareras, Essine Gormali, Thomas Boyd, and Roy Leonard, all those guys ran really well and they should be very happy with those results. They took down some really great names. Um, so shout out to those guys. Just thought the individuals need a little bit of light. Sure. All right, let's go to the women. Is there another team that really caught your eye as as a possible winner? As a possible winner. Let's see here as I scroll all the way back up these results. Um, you know, I, I, I'll, I'll go BYU. I kind of like BYU because I think Frenthway coming in fourth is huge. I think she kind of goes back to that um, – you know, argument of like, oh, you you lost Anna Camp, right? I think she's a good Anna Camp piece, right? Mm-hmm. And I think that's a really nice replacement scoring for her. Um, Lexi Halliday, we're like, hey, she's great in the steeple. Can she produce in this field? She does. McKenna Lee, continuing to be consistent. Um, and then Carmen Alder, 36, not amazing, but solid. Riley Chamberlain, still young, runs really well. And more importantly, I think there's so many avenues for this team to be better. 
right? I think Anna Martin, 78th, she could be better. I think Lindsay Stallworth, Winter Cross Country All-American in 87th place. I think she can be better. And then Jenna Hutchins, this is her second race. Second not-so-great race. Yep. It was not pretty. I struggle to believe that someone that talented is just the 197th best runner in this field. Um, So we'll see. I'm still holding out hope for Hutchins this year. But just you factor all that in together. I'm like, I, I, I just see a lot of really good avenues for BYU, especially this early in the season. So Yeah, I, I, I'm starting to wonder if this might not be the, the year or season for Hutchins. But, I, I mean, their top three was dynamic. Um, you you got to like that. And then you, you look at their four, five, six, or all within eight seconds of each other. Like, I, I think you have solid amount of depth. You have women that can improve throughout the season and you you hope that maybe you could get a fourth runner a little bit closer to lee and and that makes them a lot more dynamic but yeah i I think it was a very solid race they were much better than colorado and stanford um i I think they they were probably surprised to lose to nau but i mean nau had maybe the race of their life and and byu were about 25 points behind them so it, it it's hard to say byu weren't winners this weekend yeah yeah and that's kind of my argument basically so um i don't know what about you though any, anyone else um i do have one more name oh maybe two Ooh, maybe two i don't know uh do you have any other teams no uh, on the team side i feel like we've hit, we've hit everybody i think stanford just had a like like arkansas had a meh day like i think they had a great day you think so okay tell me because why they didn't have dudek and i true. think when so they did not have dudek there was a clear path. They had a great top four, and then their fifth runner fell off to 54 points. Yeah. If you add in Dudek, you're cutting off, what, at least 30 points? You're beating Colorado, and then things get a little bit more interesting. I still think this group is very young, high mm-hmm. upside. I'm just saying I think there was a lot of good there for, for Stanford. I think the team we're missing is Kentucky. I think Kentucky. I mean, Perry Bachrath, by the way. Wow. Like we thought Kentucky's low stick would be Tori Herman this year. She's still great, but Bachrath placing eighth validates that early season when she had, yeah. she just, she's so good. She's carrying that momentum from running 952 in the steeplechase this past spring. You have Herman, um, it was in 21st place. Yeah. And then you've got Sydney Steele, the graduate transfer from Mississippi State, who's a 203 predominantly 800 meter runner. And she's what, finishing somewhere in the 49th which is pretty impressive for an 800-meter runner. Um, now, there's a drop-off, admittedly, uh, for Kentucky after that. But you look at who they beat. They beat Harvard, Ole Miss. Like, I, I imagine they get one, maybe a point between the two of those teams, maybe. Yeah. Um, so I, I like that. They weren't that far behind Michigan. Um, there are some clear depth challenges that they will be facing, but I liked it for Kentucky. Because I, I think now this puts them in the conversation of, Oh, well, maybe they can sneak into the national meet. Maybe that is possible. Yeah, I, I mean, Bachrath, I thought, was one of the biggest winners from an individual level. Like you said, I, I mean, validating her early season performance and showing that she can do it in a big field. I, I'd love to see Herman a little bit closer to her, and I think she's mm-hmm. definitely capable of that. But because I think the two of them are, are like you said, are going to give Kentucky a chance at making the NCAA meet almost by themselves. Um, but I, I'm, I'm really curious to see where Bachrath ends up this year because it, it seems like she just keeps getting better every single race. And, and I think All-American is certainly 
ex- almost expected at this point. I- I'm curious how much higher than just all American she can be. Yeah, quick, quickly, in addition to kind of Bachrath, a few of the standout individual winners, obviously Natalie Cook, then Evelyn Kemboy, Lee Stearns, Anika yeah. Rice, Maya Ramsden, Perry Bachrath, Savannah Rourke, kind of that half of that top 10, really, of, in terms of expectations that we had. Anna Gibson, 19th place, and then Riley Stewart, 20th. Those would be my, my few women who were the individual winners, you could say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I don't disagree with any of that. All right, anything else before we wrap it up? No, that's it. That was a lot. <laughs> that was a lot, a lot. It's amazing we can talk that much about one single race, and that just shows you how good this field was. Well, it's it's impressive that we can talk about all of that after talking for what, an hour and a half at, at dinner the other night. So I'm really, I'm impressed by both of us to not completely strangle each other yet, which is impressive. Um, but yeah, that's, that's all I have on my end. Uh, go check out the site. We've got some high school site stuff, uh, coming this week. I hope everyone liked that. We've got awesome rankings on the site. If I do say so myself, I set up the page format. Um, yeah, also TSR 30, go use that code at biosteel.com. Again, TSR 30, use that code at biosteel.com. Um, Ben, anything else? No, I think that's it. All right. Well, that's all I got. All right. Well, until next week, Garrett, I'll talk to you. I'll talk to you.